distraction, that is that is it right there. It's a distraction from looking at their own life. That is that you can't put it out there any better than that, Jenna Smith, because it is a distraction <laughs> that people are using. So don't use yeah. it as a distraction. Embrace yourself in your own life. Do some cool things out there. And um, it's very possible, as you're saying, change the paradigm. That's the one thing I know about all you ladies. I mean, Jenna, Jennifer, Betsy, all of you. Uh, you care about the the end result, and you're passionate, and that's what we do here on this show every day. Well, the big question on everyone's mind, it's a gender thing, or is it? World peace, religion, sex, money, politics, climate change, big business, big ideas, and big egos. Nothing is off limits. As I'm joined by some of the most accomplished and highly opinionated women from the far left, the far right, and the far reaches of the planet. This is Malcolm Out Loud, and you're listening to Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Pleasure. So I want you to stop a moment and think as you come into a new year, I want you to think about what makes you happy, what makes you sad, and are the happy moments, obviously they're better than the sad moments, yeah? But you know, part of those sad moments and part of these, uh, we, I use the word depression carefully because depression can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. But depression to one person is not necessarily what depression is to another person. But there is something about embracing all of these pieces of life. You know, I think when we define life, let's define life as just a barrel of emotions. It's a barrel of activities. It's a barrel of how we think how we react to these thoughts, yeah? So I think those who maybe look at some of this depression, when you look at what's going on in the world, just take a look. I mean, by golly, there's enough news to keep your mind occupied. The problem is how do you take all that news into yourself? What do you do with it? And does it make you depressed? Do you get happy? Do you get sad? How do you live your own life in its fullest without getting caught up into all of these traps. I mean, you just take a look at it. Like like uh, Jennifer was just saying to me as we were coming on here, what about, look at Trump. I mean, people, you either like him or you hate him. Does he make people depressed? Sure he does. Sure he does. Take a look at Oprah. She's going to run for president, they say, in 2020. Some people are related. They're thrilled. They're happy. Other people, no way. I mean, you know, you get all kinds of emotions there going on, right? I mean, and then some people just get upset with the weather. <laughs> I mean, the weather could be a real gloomer. And I don't know where the, what the weather's doing, where you ladies are all today, but let's get into it and talk about really how about our surroundings and how they impact our minds and how we stay above all of that. How do we stay above all this negativity? How do we stay above all of these emotions? How do we, how do we compute them all into our systems? What do we do with it all? Yeah, let's talk about it. Jennifer Breeden is here. She's an attorney specializing in international law, criminal law, and U.S. foreign policy. Jenna Smith, psychotherapist. She's a coach, a human being expert. She's a creator of You Are the Manual, self-development program. Sergeant Betsy Smith, police officer for 29 years and a law enforcement trainer and consultant to the industry. And that's our co-host today on Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Pleasure. And, you know, right now we're going to talk about, well, all right, the pursuit of happiness, ladies, sure, okay. How about the pursuit of depression? Boy, that sounds a little oxymoron, doesn't it, Jenna? If I said about, well, I'm going to pursue depression, that doesn't even compute. Why would anybody pursue depression? 
Well, they don't. They pursue happiness and get depressed when they don't get it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. All right. Well, explain that one to me. Go ahead. Let's start there. That's great. That's great. So they're pursuing happiness, and yet they get depressed when they don't get it. All right. Fill in yeah. the blanks. Well, people have these expectations of what their life should look like, what Trump should be doing, what the weather should be. And when it's not that, they have the emotion of, well, disappointment, but that could be turned into depression, which is just, you know, kind of a pervasive feeling of not feeling so hot, but just like, nah, you, nah. you know, you just kind of go on with your day and you're not, nothing's really lighting you up. But when people just let themselves move through these things, like you were saying, like, how do these things like the weather, like the news, like mm -hmm. how much do you let them affect you? That's right. really what it comes down to. Cause to me, happiness is an illusion. Happiness is going to mess you up because if you keep trying to be happy, when there's a spectrum of human emotions that you're supposed to be feeling all of them right at some given point if you're addicted to happiness and you think you should be happy you will be depressed see that could be a problem can it now that's interesting because i know some people who go out of their way to do exactly what you're saying uh jenna it's yeah. about happy 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 that and some of these people are as miserable as the day is long exactly because it's it's not going to happen it's like i want it to be daytime all the time i'm in canada and like five feet of snow we have had the most snow in the most so long and i don't love it but i don't let it make me depressed all day i'm not like wow yeah, but hold on the weather does that to a lot of people and i grew up as a young boy in the northeast where the weather was pretty shitty all the time uh quite frankly mm -hmm. jenna it was like and i find people are impacted by that for instance if you take a town where the sun is out and people are happy they're out doing things there's a sort of um vibe that goes with that other cases, like you say, gray clouds are out there. Uh, it rains a lot. That doesn't exactly, you don't wake up in the morning with stormy weather and say, oh, man, it's going to be a great day, right? I mean, you don't do that, kind of, do you? But you know what? Sometimes what? I like that mellow, oh, it's just a bit more chill today. You know, when you, can, when you don't have the expectation of what it should be, you right. have the freedom to not be so caught in emotion. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, like, as I'm saying, so the, the weather could be a reason to be depressed to some some people because it should be different than it is mm -hmm. or it just is, you know, like there's just there's the uh, without, you know, night and day, mm -hmm. you're not going to enjoy the day. Well, here's the thing. I, I think that if what I'm discovering, ladies, through all of this with myself, even is it, what I've been learning in recent times now, this is. What I love about life is it's an experience of learning all the time. We, we educate ourselves consistently. Every day we learn new things. And one of the things I've been discovering more and more is to embrace our feelings and emotions, whatever they may be, that it's okay to not be totally up that day. It's okay maybe. And I, for one, like Jennifer, I love to be happy. I love to feel good. I love to know the day is going to be an, like an exuberant day, like a really cool day, you know. And if it's not, sometimes, well, that becomes sort of a bummer. You know, it's like, ah, oh, this sucks, you know. But, yeah. you know, how do we find that balance? But I, I think a lot of people don't embrace these other parts of it, which I, I think is kind of interesting. If we don't embrace these other feelings, maybe we should embrace them better. I, it's kind of hard to do, though, maybe. Absolutely. I think, you know, one of the biggest things is this kind of difference between um, striving for happiness and striving for contentment, mm -hmm. you know, because life's never going to be perfect. We see happiness, what we see in movies or on TV or, or everywhere else, or what the news is telling us to feel or what the news is telling us to think or to feel about certain people. And so that's this certain happiness. If only things were different, if only we could have this weather, if only we could have this president, if only we, we could have this or this or this. And so they think that that's part of that pursuit of happiness is 
is that desire to do that rather than being content in the here and now in the present with you know what's what's happening you have a do you have a roof over your head do you have food to provide that's exactly you it. know may, maybe exactly things are happening it. how is your family and and i think that's the you know that's one of the biggest drawbacks that we get is that we don't strive for contentment rather than happiness jennifer we don't it, that is so big we don't count our blessings i really feel this is a problem and I, I remind myself of that all the time, Jennifer Breeden. I, I swear to you, and I, I will remind myself, count your, because I strive all the time. I strive for excellence. I strive for the next big thing. I'm a canoe rocker, you understand? You know, oh, yes. I, I love to make it happen. But I have to remind myself, for real, that okay, you need to you need to count your blessings today. You need to be content in your moment and understand that you're doing some cool shit, Malcolm, so knock it off. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. All of us, you know, every day there are mm -hmm. little victories here and there. There are mm -hmm. little ways to be um, to, to feel that gratitude. And, you know, I'm a lot like you, Malcolm, as you know, and I we a lot of us tend to be these canoe rockers or even right. if we're not, we want to we we think that there's something that's going to make us successful in life. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we go back, there's maybe one, two, three lives we've touched over the last month or something like that, that we can look at and say, my goodness, this is amazing. This is what so many people don't have. And I think now that's that's been the worst part. That's been the hardest part for me of even watching the media, watching the news is because they make it sound like, you know, this country is going up in flames. And whether you like Donald Trump or not, you know, it doesn't matter your feelings about it. You're still in a country where you're free enough to speak up about that and state your opinions. Yeah, we, we oh. very well said. And a lot of these things, I think what happens is we can't, we, we feel like we've lost control. We somehow, which I think Jenna will comment on in a minute because she'll have a whole psychological profile on what that means in just a moment. Let's get Betsy involved in this conversation first. But let me say, I think sometimes those of us like Jennifer Breeden and I, and maybe you guys as well, I know we like to sort of control the environment, which is we want it to be good. We want it to be right. We and that control sometimes can drive us crazy. Betsy, how are you? Are you do you which chapter do you fall in? Do you kind of fall into the chapter that I don't really give a shit, or do you fall into the chapter that I got to control every moment? I tell you, as a as a cop, we're trying to control everything down wow. to the last little detail. That and you know, of course, my family, my friends, my officers, my coworkers always accuse me of being a total control freak, which frankly is most cops. But here's the thing. And I'm so glad to hear what both Jenna and Jennifer said about happiness and about success. We teach in our classes that you've got to understand what you control and what you don't. Because if you think you can control every little thing, you're going to go crazy. And, and so you have to first and foremost look at what do I control? I mostly only control me. You know, I control how hard I work and what my work ethic is and how I react to different situations. You know, I don't control my, I don't control my, whether I get sick or not. I don't even really control all of my emotions. Um, but, and we talk a lot about being happy. You know, I want to be happy. I want to be happy. And, and again, we teach this. If you're happy 365 days a year, you're probably crazy because it's just not happening with people. You're, you're not going to be happy. <laughs> 24 yes. hours a day. However, you can be content and you can be optimistic. And and we teach optimism instead of happiness. And optimism is is I like that. A belief that yeah, it's a belief that I deserve a positive future. I like that. Whether it's 
five seconds from now when I'm in the middle of this gunfight and I'm going to win this gunfight, or mm-hmm. it's 20 years from now mm-hmm. in, in this crazy world that we live in and I get through 20 years of a really terrific career, let's say, and I move on to something else. You're not going to always be happy. You can always, no matter what, be an optimist. Well, that, that defines everything. I mean, optimism to me, Betsy, that nails it for me. That defines everything. Because as you say, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the situation is, if you're optimistic, you can accomplish it. And sometimes think about that, ladies, in your worst moment of life when, like, the stupid things happen or you did stupid stuff and you stepped in a pile of you-know-what, right? I mean, and at that time, when you define those moments and you have to learn from them, clearly, if you are defining optimism, Betsy, as you put it out there, then you can sort of uh, relate to the problem, maybe understand the problem, uh, fix the problem, maybe not create the same problem. Uh, So it really is about embracing the moment. I think what we want to preface today about is embracing the moment of life. So if it's happy, if it's sad, if it's optimism, always, sure, okay? Uh, Something else happens in life you can't control. I love also the fact that you say you can only control yourself. And I think that's really most important. If we could convince every human being to have that attitude of controlling themselves, because Jenna, everything we're talking about here is mind controlled. And I'm often said, even coming from as younger kids as we grow up, we have the opportunity to lay out our life. And there are some people who say, well, but, you know, they didn't have the right circumstances. They weren't born in the right family. Like, i, I got to be honest with you, I was born in, with seven, seven in the family, right? Now, I thought I should have been born to the king and queen of England, you understand, in royalty somewhere, yeah? Well, that didn't get me too far, ladies, you know? <laughs> so mm-hmm. the point is that, you know, it is what it is. What I'm saying is I visualize, you know, an animal that just had seven pups. I'm one of the seven pups. Now, what am I going to do with my life? And, and, you know, I guess that is an interesting, weird way to look at it all, isn't it, Jenna? Being born as a pup with seven, right? I <laughs> well, mean, seven siblings on the side of you trying to feed off a mama, and I want it myself. And come on, where am I going? And it created who you are. You know what I mean? Even if you were uncomfortable when you were a kid. I mean, it's funny when you look at nature and nurture. My, my brother is a drug dealer and does nothing with his life. Then I'm over on the other side. We come from the same family. So, you, you know, you look at choices. And when you said mind control, I was going to pop in and, you you know, I thought I hear an interesting origin story of Malcolm. I'm like, okay, but you know, he's a puppy. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know why I went there, girl, but I did. But I, I'm counting on you to save me here. Go Malcolm, ahead. Malcolm used to be a puppy and, you know, he's just trying to get the milk. Um, so, yeah. but, you know, I wanted to correct you on mind control. I don't believe in mind control. I believe in having a relationship with your mind because your mind is like a puppy, actually. Good segue because. And you just need to train it. I don't, we aren't our mind. We aren't this like thinking mechanistic thing. We're human beings, you know, when like, this is all like totally my, my place to be the, you are the manual program is about understanding you have a body, you have a heart, you have more than just your mind so that you use all of those facets to actually direct your life. So when you're like, blah, 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 it's snowy, it's snowy, it's snowy, that some other part of your being comes in and it's like, you know what? today's a great day. I'm not in the snow. I have a house. I have running water. I've had my pipes freeze before. Trust me, that is not fun. And in, you know, like all of these little things, like we're talking about contentment and I call it joy. Like joy is just this natural emanation of life that when we let go of control, we can experience it. When we, when we say that again, when we let go of control, I know you don't want to hear this. (laughs) When we we let let go go of control, we can control. There's this 
there's a there's an emanation of life that's happening all the time okay. and i know this is maybe going way sideways that that's just there like like you know the the sun's shining there's there's air we can breathe like there's just this current of life happening all the time and i mm-hmm. think true joy contentment is when we know some level of trust like we're good like there's something bigger than that's that's religion that's your connection to god it doesn't matter what it is but there's like a, a life that's happening and it's keeping you alive and that that should be enough. Uh, I agree with that, Jenna. I love it, that. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's affirmation. Yeah. And that that we, you know, again, I know what I control and what I don't. I don't control that people commit crimes. I can control how I react to that. I'm going to arrest them, do a good investigation, etc. And 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 yeah, and that's one of the things we see in my profession and a, and a lot of professions is you know, you kind of step outside and you go to work and it's like, oh my gosh, there's all these people doing bad things and stupid things and all that, you know, and, and I can try and affect some of that, but I'm not going to control it, but I can step outside, look up at the sky, look at the sunshine or look at the snow or just look at my life. Like you said, Jenna, and, and you know, and wow, I have a roof over my head. I have enough to eat. I have a car that I can drive to go somewhere else. These are all little things that sometimes we don't really appreciate. Yeah. And when we were talking about Oprah, she, she, uh, I heard of this great talk. She was talking to Stanford business school and she obviously made this big splash and she's just this very powerful force right now. But she had the saying that there's no doing without being like there's the being first and then the doing. And to me, that is the cornerstone of so-called happiness. When I am being a certain way while I'm doing something that is the beginning. It's you don't just do, 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 and, and ha- try to have the being, right? Oh, then I'll be happy. It's the being before the doing, if this makes sense. But that is what you can always access. It's always there. It's like your heart's beating. You're not flying well, off the planet. <laughs> like, exactly. Good. And and Jennifer, I don't know what you think about this, but, but you know, one of the things we're seeing now with all the hashtag me too and hashtags times up and all that kind of stuff is, is there's all these women who are putting themselves out there as victims. And, mm. you know, there are some women, a few women who are taking control and saying, okay, enough's enough. But it seems like now it's very fashionable to be a victim. And it's very fashionable to say, oh, I was wronged by this person, that person, rather than standing up and saying, you know, hey, I'm going to take control of my life. What do you think about that? I completely agree. And I love that you guys are bringing this up. I love what both of you have said, specifically in regards to to control, to knowing when to give up control, to knowing, you know, whether that's religion um, for me as well, that's that's faith in God. Hey, this is in God's hands, but knowing what parts of it I can control, my actions, um, my thoughts there. And, and in terms of the victim mentality, I agree with that. I think that's a good way to put it is that this this victimization has, um, it has become fashionable right now just to say that, look, woe is me, I'm a victim. And it's really hard because there's this double-edged sword for women. I know for myself, but specifically in the U.S. where it's like, if you, uh, if you sit there as a victim, say in the workplace or something else, and you just kind of mope around, I mean, that can lead to things that look like depression is, oh, I'm just, look at me, let me do this hashtag and let me just say that. And then that's okay. You know, we, we've been glorifying that and we can't because part of taking a stand and standing up is saying, this happened. I'm going to continue to live my life. I'm going to continue to do this. I'm not going to identify myself with what has quote happened to me with what's happened to me with, with what's gone on with the bad things in my Mm -hmm. life. I'm not going to let this identify who I am or what my future is. I guess that's part of maybe what Jenna was saying with that, that being and doing how we, how we act Mm -hmm. forward. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but how well resiliency is the best revenge. 
Yes. So yes. you did this to me, and I'm still going. It's the best yes. revenge. See, and Jenna, that's so resilience is not happiness. But, you know, but but that word is so powerful, resilience. I'm going to be a resilient human being. Doesn't mean I'm going to wake up happy every day, but I'm going to wake up every day, put one foot in front of the other, and I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to live well, my li- life. Exactly. So if we talk about anger, this I work with a lot of women and, like, mm-hmm. powerful women. And it's like, you know what? Your anger is energy. So that anger, instead of letting it bring you down, oh, this happened, go into victim, you can mobilize yourself with something like anger. You know, don't go, like, beating people up necessarily, <laughs> but, yeah. but you can use the energy with that mind, you know, like what you said, Malcolm, mind control, but more of, I call it mind relationship where there's a relationship between you and your mind. And then you, you direct the energy into some form of action that suits you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think resilience yeah. so much more than leading to happiness. Um, yeah. obviously it doesn't, you know, I think all of us in our own ways are incredibly resilient and have mm-hmm. been in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but it leads not just to happiness, but more to that contentment in terms of self, mm-hmm. almost that self-confidence. It's not ego. It's not pride. Ego and pride are very different than confidence. And Hey, I walked through that. I'm looking at the other end of something that could have seriously destroyed me, kept me bedridden, kept me on a sofa. And, uh, and here I am moving on with my life. And now I know more about myself and my strength and that. And that's that part of attaining for me in my life. It's been that part of attaining contentment and Hey, this is who I am. And I'm okay with that. Look what I've been able to do. I'm not happy all the time, but this is okay. And it's going to be okay. I just keep getting up and walking forward. Well, if you are resilient, as you're saying, which is a big, big word, it's a great word. Uh, then it means you're going to weather the storms. It, it means that you can be optimistic. The other great word here is uh, optimism. I mean, these are, these are key, key words. I want people to think about these because the, you want to take this with you throughout the year here, friends. I mean, the, these, are, these are powerful, powerful conversations, powerful words. Here's the question I want you all to think about here a moment. It's a big one here. Is there a bright side to depression? I mean, is there a bright side to depression? Uh, and how, how can you use that in your life? Let's pick that up right after the other side of the poets here. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. The Out Loud Perspective awaits you in life, love, politics, a healthy lifestyle, your faith, personal development, and living an out loud life on AmericaOutloud.com. Blitzer News and Entertainment Network, where you can listen 24-7 on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. And we're back on Life, 
liberty and the pursuit of pleasure with, of course, Malcolm and so many strong women. And today we have Jennifer Breeden and we have Jenna Smith, who, Jenna, you're in Canada in the snow. And I just have to throw out there that I'm in Tucson, Arizona, where it's 77 degrees. I'm looking at my pool, sparkling and doing this. Now Jenna's depressed. Thanks. Thanks for that, Betsy. Now she's depressed. Speaking of which, I'm just going to buy a plane ticket. That's an invitation, isn't it? There we go. That sounded like an invitation to me. We need to do a, we, we can do a, Malcolm, we're going to do a meeting here around my pool. We'll do a live show. I think it'll be perfect. Well, you know what, <laughs> Betsy, Betsy, hold on now. Now, now a lot of our hosts in the UK and in other areas, we're talking about having a conference uh, gathering, inviting the public in and doing something later this year. They want to do it. Maybe we should look at Arizona for that. Maybe we should look in your there neighborhood. Too. Maybe you'll help us. I with love that. it. I love it. Cause we have, and, and we were talking about this before the break, how weather can affect your feelings. And, and that's one thing I, I moved from the Chicago area where we have lots of snow and lots of dark and all that to a place where we have 360 days a year of sunshine and I will say personally that has affected me in a profound way and I don't know if it's just because I'm from the Midwest and now I'm with all this sun um, or you know is I mean Jenna is seasonal affective disorder is that a real thing yeah it is <clears throat> it actually is because the, the amount of dark and then people don't get the, as much serotonin because of their brain and the vitamin D but there are things you can do like you can go, you need to go out when it's sunny out, like all of these things. So the problem with victim mentality is it's dark. I'm sad, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Right. Ah. And so for me, I have a full spectrum light. I do my workout in the morning. Like there are things you can do to, to optimize mm-hmm. your energy. So when we were talking about victim, like, you, like, yes, it's like, oh, hoo-ha. Like I have barely left my house because <laughs> I don't have, because I own my own business that I would love to go outside. But there's something really cool about the silence and this blanket of white snow. And it's like, it's just such a different energy that I've also been learning to like that, but I only like it for a month. Then I need to go somewhere. <laughs> go somewhere. You yeah. see, I am the actual opposite. And this is weird. And maybe Jenna can finally explain me. I was raised in Miami, Florida, right? So I was raised in the tropics and it was all, it was either sunny or rainy, right? But it was always sunny. It was always warm. It was always nice and hot outside. And all my life, I wanted that blanket of white snow. I wanted snow. I wanted cold. I wanted something crisp. I wanted my hair to stop looking so Brazilian and crazy and humidity. And I just, I just wanted like to not sweat for a day. And now I've just moved to Wisconsin from the East Coast. So I've just became, you know, a Midwesterner. And I'm listening to Betsy. And I'm like, oh, why don't you live in Chicago? I'm about two hours outside of Chicago now. I know. But I'm with you, Jenna, fun. on the snow. I'm totally with you. <laughs> like, I'm on a plane and go to Betsy's pool. And, uh, but you know, I kind of like it. Like I really do. And again, everyone's telling me just, you know, give it a year there, give it a year, but it's been about a month. We've had this horrific cold that's hit, you know, international headlines, I think. And, um, and I, and I don't hate it, you know, obviously, yes, it burns my face off if I go outside, but I love walking around in the snow. I think it's great. And it's, um, and I actually get a little bit sad in the summertime when it starts to get hot and I can't stop sweating. I don't know if that's just me or whatever. Maybe it's doesn't, depends on which season I'm just weird I think it's really just a matter of people knowing what works for them like to me the definition of success is is being an anthropologist in your own life figuring out who you Mm -hmm. are what you like and then directing your life in that direction like I love Canada but I'm going to make sure I'm in somewhere warm when in like late January February when it really starts to get to me the winter because that's my rhythm but my friend Susan loves skiing she loves the snow. My friend Becky, she loves being northern Canada, like 
friggin' cold, 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 snowmobiling, what? ice fishing. She loves it. So or sandals. Yes, actually. <laughs> he lives in Timmins, Ontario. Wow. I'm kidding. Well, <laughs> and, and maybe a big part of that is, and I think that we don't always do a real good job of this, is people have to look at themselves and say, what does success mean to me? Mm-hmm. Not what did success mean to society? I mean, one of the things for me personally is, you know, as a police officer, they want you to move up in rank, move up in rank. I was I retired as a sergeant, but before I retired, I, I pursued a lieutenant's position. And then when they offered it to me, I turned it down because I, I didn't feel like it really fit my lifestyle. And that just unleashed this crap storm of controversy in my region and in my department that why wouldn't you want to do this? Because a, a lot of times society says, well, you got to move up or you got to live in a, you know, like Jennifer, you know, well, living in Miami would be successful to so many people. And yet here mm-hmm. you are moving up to, you know, cheese land. Yep. And, uh, and because that's your idea of success right now. And that changes. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know that we look at that, uh, enough as individuals and as a frankly as a society well going back into depression can depression have a bright side is that's exactly it oh okay i you know i start to get a little like ornery and irritated when it starts to get a little too snowy so oh i'm going to use that information i look at emotions as information and that's what i teach in the year the manual program like the whole thing is all of this is just information your emotions are telling you "Eh, it's not quite for me but I don't have to be all mopey about it. I can be, okay, so what am I going to do about that? You know, what, what you were saying that Lieutenant didn't work for you. Mm-hmm. That's to mm-hmm. me just brilliant. Right. And then everyone's like, Oh my gosh, I don't know who I would be if I turned down a promotion. And then it's their own stuff that they're projecting on you. And like, they don't know how to deal with their own stuff. So they're like, Oh, what's wrong with you? So depression can be simply information. Like, which way to go like okay this makes me I have so many people I had one client who had chronic anxiety like chronic anxiety she just she could she itched like it was it was terrible she would get sweats because she just didn't listen to her emotions she was in a job that didn't work for her she left the job guess what happened yeah she got <laughs> she, she should she have been grateful life, because right? she got the job she should have been mm-hmm. happy for her income she should have been happy you know so she had all these shoulds in her life that we're creating this anxiety and the anxiety was the indicator. It wasn't a match. Jenna, how do you recommend that someone looks at a situation like that and takes that first step? Cause that first step is so hard to say, you know, geez, I don't think I like my job or I don't like where I live or whatever. How do you do that? Put one foot. Yeah. Because forward. a lot of people don't know how to help themselves. Betsy, yes. what you're saying. Yeah. So they're like a deer in exactly. headlights when this stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's true. Yeah. Well, that's the one. Well, you know, well, the first step is realizing that emotions are indicators. They're, you know, they're not just this random thing that happens. They actually mean something. So for her, it was realizing that her emotions weren't out to get her. Her emotions weren't punishing her. She had them. And now what? The now what was what we were talking about, optimism. I call it possibility thinking. Mm-hmm. Hmm, what else is possible? What, what would I like to do? What is my own rhythm? You know? My rhythm is not type A, go, go, go. I'm like a cheetah. I, I rest and then I go. <laughs> and then I rest and then I go. But if someone else was to look at my, my lifestyle and say, oh, you're, you know, you're not successful or whatever because of their judgments of what it should look like. Mm. But that's how I'm most successful. So for her, she needed to have much more structure and she was in the middle of a room and she had people everywhere 
she didn't know if she was doing a good job or not and she needed to like all of these things added up to not working for her so when she started optimistically thinking what are the other possibilities if I didn't just keep myself stuck in this I should be this and I should be that and I should be grateful for this job other people don't have jobs well Jenna when you just described it a moment ago like that it what comes to my mind is you are what you are you have to embrace whatever those highs and those lows those moments are not everybody knows how to embrace those feelings they're not embracing um and it comes out in their actions and sometimes people are downright hostile um, oh, yeah. Be, you know, because they don't know how to deal with it. But I like the way you say also possibility thinking. That's another another way to yeah, say what, optimism, I guess. Huh? What would work for me? You know, and people, right. we have the luxury of that, right? Like we used to, like yeah. the luxury of self-development, the luxury of meditation and mindfulness. Like we can start to go into these realms of what is my purpose and am I living my purpose? Like it's a new Am I living type my purpose? Thing. That's it. That's it. Uh, you know, the other cool thing you just said, I really uh, have to speak about because you, you say it uh, when you describe how you are, whether it's your playing, whether your business, I use a saying, work hard, play hard. So Jen, in mm-hmm. my life, I'm going to, when I'm working, I'm working very hard. To, but when I want to, when I'm done with that, I want to do, I want to be the other side of that, which I want to play hard. And I think that's a principle I've tried to live with my life and also take those times to step away from the craziness because you have to step away from the craziness, you know? Yeah. Well, that's part of what we were talking about today, like letting those things in the news and the things around you, how much are they affecting you, whether it's coworkers or this or that. It's like, no, okay, I'm at work. And then when I, I'm the same way, Malcolm, I'm done. I'm not going to answer your email until that's tomorrow. That's it. That's it. I do not let technology live my life. You better believe it, Jenna Smith. And too many people <laughs> do. I'm very, and I know a lot of people who live their life by technology. And they got to have the phone always there. They got to see what's coming in. God forbid they shut it off or get it out of their eyesight. And it's a disease, Jenna. It's a disease that these people are living with. And I know so many like that. And, you know, I read something just the other day because I love to, I'm constant, constant feeder of information and educational stuff and reading. And that, you know, not only do you keep that stuff away from you, but obviously this technology and phone stuff, it's killing us slowly but surely because we're being indoctrinated. And so they're saying that you are best to not be checking and this is interesting for all of us to follow hard to do ladies but don't check your email every moment of the day throughout the day where you hit the send button send button or the get mail get mail whatever the hell it is that don't do that just have certain times of the day where you're controlling the pace and you go in and get the you know the emails or the text or what have you that's a hard thing to do ladies because even your text, you know, like right now, I've got a bunch of text on there waiting that I have not answered. I don't know who they're from, and I just see a large number there. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of them could be problems, uh, Jenna. And you know what? I don't really give a rat's ass right now, and I'm not going to answer them. So how's that? Yeah, well, that'll be okay. You know, uh, one of the biggest things to get out of depression is to stop caring what people think. Amen. Boom, mm-hmm. I like that. Because the, it, when, when you really look at how pervasive it is, oh, if right. I don't answer this Instagram post and if I That's and right. if I and if I don't and I don't and then what would they think of me if that narrative wasn't 
bigger than your own narrative like see that's a problem own... that's a re yeah, that's a that real problem. problem that's why i don't go back and forth on social media with anybody i don't have those pissing contests i am not interested and i don't yeah. want to have that uh, pro and that's that's a big problem with social media ladies i mean that's all over the place i think it's a real harm to society right now i think this is where it's gone wrong is these people want to have these contests of back and forth. So mm -hmm. I think, you know what, you put it out there. And, and like Jennifer with you, you know, you go out, you know, I know you, you, mm -hmm. you don't live on social media all the time. I know that no, about you. you know that. But I know <laughs> when you go there, you go there and you say something and then you get the hell off. I mean, it's like going potty when you're four years old. You do your potty and you go, you leave, right? That's I mean, exactly. come on. Sometimes before I'm even done yet, I'm just like, I got to get off. I got to get, get off. Now. I'm like you, girl. I can only deal with so much of that, Jennifer. And then I've had enough. I've got And so I don't do this back and forth business. And there's a lot of that out there. And you know what I call it? I, I think it's, I, I think social media today is the new form of road rage. Well, I'll, let me tell you this. And you, I, I think one of the reasons I'm on this show, Malcolm, is because of my back and forth on social media. But um, because I put it out there and then, yeah, I will argue with people and, and all that. But one of the things I've learned is to, to reflect on why am I doing this? Why am I engaging with these idiots on Twitter and, mm -hmm. and this and that? So why do and you? I, because it's entertaining. There you go. There you go. All right. I have to say this, though. I actually, given who I am and right. that I, I just, I can't, you know, just what I've traveled, specifically things related to, like, my specializations or things like that or political uh -huh. things, I actually appreciate people like you, Betsy, a lot because right. I do appreciate people that are that are the ones doing the back and forth. It's almost like you're carrying the torch because I just I can't. I have people in other countries that I'm talking to, I'm dealing with, and I and I want so badly. I have that passion inside of me, but I just don't have the time. So I do appreciate the people that are like, okay, this is entertaining for me. I know my stuff. I know where I'm coming from. So I'm just gonna take it to you guys right now because sometimes I see things and I get so angry just at the at either either just lies or fooling yourself or whatever and and that's just you know in my opinion it's not even a well no that's interesting right jennifer that you say but that and but that someone's carrying the torch yeah. all right well that's fine but, but but betsy the problem is with some of these people Here, here's the danger in that and I, I know you're saying go back and forth the danger in it is is that people many people most people not all but are empowered by social media they're empowered by text communications, they're empowered by email. So what I mean is, these these vices, to me, tend to pull out the worst in people. And I say that because they feel there's an empowerment that goes with it. In other words, they don't have to look you in the eye, Betsy. They don't have to have that. So they're not. There's a lack of responsibility and self-control with that, which is why so many people are. There's so much hate out there. There's so much negativity. Because they have these contests back and forth, and it becomes a reflection of all of their problems. It's road rage. It's road rage on social media, I'm telling you. And then they have this big contest of who's right and who's wrong. And you know, this is really the problem of civil discourse, and it's the problem of what I think is wrong with our, our world and our country, is people don't respect other people's opinions. It's screw you, it's my way or the highway, or I'm going to call you a flippin' idiot. That's what I see as the problem, Betsy. Well, and that's and that's the thing, and that's what I've learned on social media is, you know, don't get mean, stay factual, exactly, and then exactly. don't be afraid. And I learned this in about the last year is don't be afraid to either not answer or just to go up and hit the block button or the mute button. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even and, block you know, anybody because I don't pay attention to the stuff. I mean, they can call me names. What is that? Sticks and stones right. will break my bones. Names, she can call me. Well, it doesn't matter. You know what I do? I, I like to throw, when I do get on there, Betsy, and you'll see sometimes I will leave a message or two, I try to make it, sometimes it's either going to be something very sarcastic or it's going to be very positive. You know what I mean? Those well, are the two worlds I play in, Betsy, sarcastic and positive. So if I'm being <laughs> flippant or sarcastic, then I'm being sarcastic and flippant. Other than that, I'm going to tell you something positive about the world and what the hell's going on at the moment. No? Yeah? Well, sure. And I, I've had the opportunity to meet really unusual people. Oh, yeah. On Twitter that I would have never had I love a conversation Twitter. with. Love Twitter. And 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 they, you know, and I've had them say, "Wow, I never thought about it this way." I never, because you know, I argue a lot about police officer use of force and things like that. You know, and and where I'll have people say, you know, I never really thought about police officers as a human being, and I never really thought about. <laughs> oh my god! You know, and that's the Who the hell said that? People <laughs> think we're robots. Or what an idiot! Think, you know, they don't think that we're moms and dads. See, if I responded to that person, I'd say, "Are you a freaking idiot or what?" I mean, do you have a brain cell in your brain well, or not, what? They're not an idiot, Malcolm. That's what people do. They look at a judge, and a judge is this thing, right? If they're, they're asking if a police officer is a yes. human being or not, they're an idiot. Well, because well, we've been taught that, you know. Yeah, I mean, they see, you know, and I, I because I spent 29 years doing this, I, I spent 29 years of having people look at me as some sort of, you know, literally as a robot. As a freak, as freakaloid. as an actual human being. And, yeah. and, uh, that you has know, power it, over them, so it scares right, the bejeebus exactly. out of them. Exactly. Here mm-hmm. you are, this killing machine with a gun, and you just want to kill me, and this and that, and it's like... Wow, really? Betsy, I want to create a posse for social media. I need to get a few strong people in front of me uh, playing a posse. You need to be on that team because you can kick ass out there. I know that, whether it's in person or not on social media. (laughs) I love the social... You know, listen, in 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 an interesting way, I do respect and appreciate, as Jennifer was just saying a moment ago, the intellectual back and forth. I know there are others on our platform who do it so well and so gracefully. Okay, seriously. Mm -hmm. Like Phil Davis does, one of our political commentators. He's phenomenal. You you, you may know him from social media, Mm -hmm. ladies. But Phil is a patriot. He's an ex-military guy. He's awesome. Uh, George McClellan, he's not on Twitter. He doesn't do social media. But these are really cool people on the platform. But Phil... He, he does a lot of that back and forth on Twitter, Betsy, that you're mentioning, and, mm-hmm. and he does it pretty well. Uh, Ava is another one. Ava Armstrong, yeah. she does a lot of that. She's phenomenal, and she's really yeah. good with her words, and she's careful. So listen, I think it's good if you know how to temper yourself, and I think you know how to step off of that stuff and step out of it, as Jenna would say, because Jenna Smith, our, our second therapist in the group, she gets upset when I call people an idiot or stupid or something. And but no, when, but, not always. No. It's just if you're going a little off. <laughs> yeah, no, and I respect that about you. I totally, totally respect that about that. I don't think you're right, but that's a, that's another story. Hold on, right there, friends. We'll be right back in just a moment. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. It's AmericaOutloud.com, where the conversation never ends. With 24-7 streaming on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. You know, there's something here we haven't hit on I want to touch on right now. Jennifer, you've sort of been skating around it a little bit, and I know Jenna will have something to say about it, but 
Back to the point of the emotions of people, like you say, when Trump puts a tweet out there, how do people react to that tweet? And how do they ingest that into themselves? Why do some people take that so internally and so personal, maybe, that it stays with them for the course of a day somehow or whatever? Or some friend or somebody did something and they take it in as a reflection of who they are, which is really the biggest problem, number one. Nobody can really define who you are. Only you can define who you are. It's when you let others define you, they're into your mind and you've lost the game already. I mean, that's the problem with all that. Exactly. But there's energy around all of this. Here's the point I want to make to you all. When you talk about why does that do what it does and how does this stuff impact society? Well, Oprah's running for president. Oh, my God, what's happening here? Is she going to go against Trump? And Trump is being Trump, and they've got to get this immigration program in, and they're protesting in Iran. What's going to happen in Iran? And, of course, North Korea's got this nuclear button, and, and the Golden Globes are insulting everybody, and what the hell is going on? And... When you think of all of these things and you ingest them in such a way, you've got to be able to step out of that and not personalize it in your life. And I think that's the biggest thing. But you know something? It's just like being at a sports game. When you think about this in this terms, when you have a city and you take a football team and that football team wins the Super Bowl, that immediately elevates the spirits, the emotions, and the harmony in that city for quite some time. When they have that parade in Boston because they won it all, because the Patriots or the Sox took it all, and they're celebrating, or in Chicago, the Chicago Cubs, they won it all, let's say. Here it is, man. And so there's this, it elevates the spirits, the enthusiasm, and it can really raise it's amazing to me. I've watched and monitored sports over the years and the way that impacts us. And when a team loses, it like people get really... I know as a kid, like I used to be a big Red Sox fan growing up as a kid. I mean, I still am, but more so as a young man. And we used to get so sick because they never won back then in those days when Collier Stremsky was playing, and Rico Petroselli. Yes. And I was back in those days of Fred Lynn, Jim Rice, and all the plays. I mean, I was a big, big Red Sox fan. And I would, Jennifer, I would get so upset. It would like really. It was terrible. It would pull me down. I would go outside and you want to punch somebody in the face. Just said, "What do you mean they lost?" Boom. Or or when um, that doofus let the ball go through his feet there on the first base line. That jackass. What was his name again? Um, it'll come to me in a moment. But you know what I'm talking about here. Mm. It's amazing how that can change the conversation and change the paradigm. Talk about that a moment. Why does that? Well, we know why it does it, but. We, Jenna, let's have you lead that first, but I kind of equate that, how a sports team can change the whole conversation almost immediately and shape your day in the same way that a Trump tweet or a movement to some other sorts can change everything. What are we on to here? Anything? Which, which Jenna or Jennifer? Jenna. Oh, I would say Jenna. Yeah. I wasn't sure. <laughs> I wasn't Jennifer. I, you know, you know what? I, it's, ultimately we just haven't valued people independent thinking for like it's or we talked about this in many many shows but we have not valued independent thinking and you know the the funny thing about bringing it back to depression is something like depression forces you to go inside to look at something deeper and to then come out the other side with more of a sense of yourself but we don't really value that in our society so we are going to be just bounced back and forth like Oh, my team won. Oh, it's good weather. Oh, it's this. Like, if you want to be bounced back and forth, that's what's going to happen when you don't have a sense of who you are. That's what's going to happen. You know, if you take everything personally, you're going to be bounced around emotionally. That's just that's just what it's going to be. 
No, it's just such a good point because I love that concept of identity, like who we are. And I feel like, um, you know, over the last 20 years, especially, and I'm just looking at the political realm here, but I mean, in every way of life is that we have lost that sense of, you know, discovering your identity, whether that's between you and God or you and yourself, understanding yourself. And we've allowed either the media or anybody else to dictate that. And I look at like, you know, politics, how there used to be two political parties or you could vote for one person, your neighbor could vote for another person. And it didn't dictate whether you guys had dinners together together on Friday nights. Today it does. Families are kicking other family members out over, you know, Trump or somebody else or Hillary or whatever. And, uh, and that's because of that. They're breaking up over it. I mean, relationships are ending and that's, you know, and it's, it's the same thing with all of this social media stuff. I mean, my goodness, I saw on Twitter, speaking of Twitter the other day, how I guess Reese Witherspoon, the actress had stated after Oprah's talk, she goes, now I now look at my life in two stages, everything before Oprah's speech and everything after. And I'm like, did it really alter your life that much? (laughs) Like, Really, I mean, wow. I, I love her to death, and I, I wow. you know, I get the concept of that. But I mean, that's what we've become as a society. I thought that was a perfect picture right there, in 140 wow. characters or less, of what we've become as a society, where one political speech or one something with a, a social context or something uh, is, and that's okay for you to have now altered the entire trajectory of the rest of your life because of that, because of what somebody else said rather than looking inwardly at yourself and discussing what is it or wondering what is it, who is it that I am? What is it that I can do today to change the trajectory of my day or my week or my month? Hmm. Exactly. Jennifer, you know, that's so brilliant because we, what we've done is lost perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think social media has a big part in that. And, and Mm -hmm. people just don't, you know, look at, you know, last November, where a bunch of people gathered to scream at the sky on the one-year anniversary of Donald Trump being elected. Mm-hmm. For the love of God, there is a lot of other things you could have done. If And if you don't like Donald Trump, then go, go find a candidate to work for or go find a homeless shelter to help at or go find – don't scream helplessly at the sky. I thought that was such a metaphor for what we're seeing. And people have lost perspective. And I think when you lose perspective, when you lose the big picture of yourself, that certainly does lead to depression and it can lead to anger and it can lead to to a less than fulfilling existence. It can because you're and again, it goes back to this idea of control. What um, what you, Betsy, and what uh, Jenna were talking about this this idea of control because it's like everybody just wants to hate Donald Trump, so it all goes around whatever his tweet said or whatever it is there. And I'm just using Trump as an example, but you know. It, there's this, oh, we don't have control, so all we can do is yell and scream about it and not be reasonable with other people and not talk about it. But then we're not asking ourselves, you know, we don't know ourselves enough. We've lost that sense of identity. We're not asking, okay, what is it about him we don't like? Maybe we're worried about immigration. Well, there are a million immigration nonprofits you can work at that are working either for legal immigration or they're even working with people who are illegal, children that have been brought in. You would know this best, Bessie, being in Arizona. But, um, you know, organizations you can work with, uh, either getting them help, helping them find their families, helping them get reunited, you know, doing things like that. You can do other things rather than sitting there and screaming at your neighbors, your family members, breaking up over it. Um, you can do things to help because no matter what you think about the president, and I know with Jenna being in Canada, I mean, the same goes for the, the prime minister there, the right and the left going back and forth. You know, you can always do something. We still live in a free society where you can join nonprofits, you can help, you can donate, you can volunteer your time. Um, you can make a difference in the ways that you think matter, that the ways that you think rather than feeling that sense of helplessness which makes people lash out at people, from my opinion, in my opinion, or what I've seen. Yeah, really well uh, said. 
And Malcolm, you talk about social media, and I think a lot of people, instead of doing what Jennifer just said, mm -hmm. you know, actually going on doing something helpful, people get on social media for a couple of hours, argue back and forth, retweet a few things, and uh, um, and then they're like, okay, my work here is done, and they go back to their lives. They don't make an impact on society mm -hmm. because they think Twitter is society well. or Facebook. Society. It depends upon mm -hmm. what's one, uh, what uh, one's objective is in, in the world, again. It, it, you're right in everything you just said, ladies, because if somebody is going there and they really care about things, I, I tend to think about the goodness of people and humanity, and that's what we, we really do want to advance humanity, and we want to talk about these things. I don't, I don't want to get into the mud and have these. It, it's See, I think the biggest thing I want to convince people of moving forward, ladies, is that diverse opinions are a good thing. You see, what what makes this all a beautiful program here, what makes life, I'm talking about, a, a beautiful thing, is that we're not all the same. I, I tell you this all the time. The fact that we, we're not supposed to all think and act alike. We're supposed to have different opinions and thoughts. And that's a, it's, so why can't we respect and appreciate that? Yes, we can. So I want to convince more and more people out there not to sink to the low. Don't get into the mud. Don't fight with thy neighbor, whoever they are, but raise your bar. You know, in life, ladies, I I've always looked at it this way for me personally, and, and I remind myself of this all the time. And Jenna, you'll be real proud of me when you hear this now. So whenever something happens, okay, and somebody like really, you know, uh, um, they piss in your cornflakes, Jenna, right? I mean, you've really got upset at something, yeah? Uh -huh. So in life, when they, whenever they piss in your cornflakes, whenever that moment is, okay, and it happens to all of us, let's face it. Well, then what happens is you have a high road and a low road in life at all times. And I, I, and I, my conscience tells myself, my little guy will come out of my shoulder and say, Hey, Malcolm, you've got a high road and a low road. Take the high road. And I, I remind myself of that all the time, even if somebody upset me in such a way. And, you know, people do tend to do stupid stuff, ladies. I mean, come on. You know, they do tend to do stupid things. And sometimes they don't even do it by thinking it through. They just do it. And some of that stuff can be, you know, it can, it can hurt on the other end. It can have a little bit of sharp edge to it, you know? Yeah. And that happens a lot actually with people. But again, remind yourself where you're at, be centered in your thoughts, high road or low road, and then choose the high road. You do that every time and you'll be further ahead. And back to social media, whenever you're on social media, again, that's, again, it's a new form of road rage today. So if you're going to stay in your lane, it's the same thing as driving up a highway. You stay in your, you start getting reckless all over the highway, same thing on social media. You start getting reckless, calling people names, sticking your head out the window, you know, jabbing, throwing your middle finger up, doing stuff like that. It's the same thing on social media. It's the same thing. All those emotions are coming out, all those feelings. You're flipping people off. You're no good. You suck. You don't have my opinion. What do you mean you don't like Trump? You're an idiot. This, all of this stuff comes out and fuels the conversation, and it becomes a problem. Now, that sounds pretty smart, doesn't it, ladies? You've got to give me credit, no? <laughs> of course. Of course credit. Very wise, Always huh? credit for you. Yes, very well. <laughs> the problem is people are addicted to the excitement, and that it's a distraction from actually having to look at their own life. It's a distraction. That is, that is it right there. It's a distraction from looking at their own life. That is, that, you can't put it out there any better than that, Jenna Smith, because it is a <laughs> distraction that people are using. So don't use yeah. it as a distraction. Embrace yourself in your own life. Do some cool things out there. And um, it's very possible, as you're saying, change the paradigm. That's the one thing I know about all you ladies. I mean, Jenna, Jennifer, Betsy, all of you, 
you care about the, the end result and you're passionate. And that's what we do here on this show every day. I want to remind folks, Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Pleasure, there's a show page on America Out Loud where you can connect to and find a lot of the ladies and things that are going on out there. Please do that. Take a look. It's it's such a talented group of, of collectiveness, of uh, uh, extraordinary women from around the globe here. That's what this show is all about. And it's and it's moving the ball down down the field. Um, again, we have people from all different backgrounds and varieties and beliefs and ideology on this show and kind of what makes it interesting. We all don't think alike. We all don't act alike. And we're not supposed to. That's what makes this a great thing, man. We, we really should be a reflection of society or life. I want to suggest and recommend more people take that forward into life. We, I just did a show here yesterday where the, the Life Liberties uh, hosts, they didn't agree at all. Totally different sides of the political ideology, the lines. And you know what? You would never know it because they at least were not hostile toward each other and they were complimentary. And it's okay to disagree with people. It's, it's perfectly legitimate. We're not supposed to always agree. So, again, I'm going to leave you with those thoughts. And as far as this whole talk today on depression, like everything else, I believe it all comes back to the power within you and the power to embrace life in all of its fineness, your highs, your lows, your lefts, your rights. Embrace it all and know that life is supposed to be that way. It's not supposed to all be one road up a mountain or down a mountain. It's supposed to be valleys, hills, and you want to be there and enjoy every moment of it. So if it's the pain you're experiencing right now, embrace the pain and think forward to what happens next. And that's, that's how you do this thing. It's called life, my friends. Listen, thank you for being here with us today on Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Pleasure. We'll see you back at America Out Loud. Jenna Smith. Jennifer Breeden, Sergeant Betsy Smith. This is Malcolm Out Loud. To be continued, friends.